You are listening to Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker. Now, I want to ask you a question and I need you to respond to this in your hearts. At home, I want you to respond to this. What would you rather have? Temporary relief on your ash heap, in your regrets? Because regrets does bring temporary relief. A little sob story for you to cry and make yourself cry and blow your nose and oh, woe is me, I'm a terrible person. Yeah, it brings some relief sometimes. Weird, but it does. Crying is good sometimes. But do you want to sit in your temporary relief of scratching yourself on your ash heap? Or do you want to walk in the power of Christ that's perfected in your weakness? And you know there's only one person who says, you are always like this, and that's Satan. You're always like this. You never. Who said I never? Who said I always? I'm not always lying. I'm not always angry. When you're fighting spouses, don't use that on your, on your, on your spouse because that's, what, that's the way Satan talks. You're always lying. You're always never understanding. You always are late. Shut up. Get behind me, Satan. No. Stop living in those regrets of assigned characters over you because regret will blind you from reality. And Job continues. He says, they long for death, but it never comes. And I'm just going to pass all of that. Okay, jump down to verse 25 and 26. It says, for the things I fear. Again, we're going to see where I get this point of fear and regret and how he's crucifying himself in between two thieves. For the things I fear comes upon me. And what I dread, that's regrets, befalls me. I'm not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, but trouble comes. Regrets will only build more and more fear and will keep you from getting through. But you need more than a positive attitude to get you through. This is great. This is all good. This is all good. I mean, this will fly really well with our modern mega church that gives you good advice. Yeah, stop living in regrets. Be positive. God has a purpose for your life. Sounds great, right? But we need more than just a positive thinking to be able to get through. You ready for a breakthrough? My third point. Suffering is hard, but His grace is sufficient. No matter the suffering, His grace is sufficient. What I told you so far gives you good insight into what's happening in your life. When you're going through a hard time, you lose hope. When you lose hope, you feel purposeless. When you feel purposeless, it's easy for you to just sit in your regrets. Regrets become your best friend. All that is good advice, okay? It's good. A counselor will be able to tell you that. But, but I want to get into the breakthrough, the healing. Okay, I want to get through where a dead man can come to life here this morning. Where a woman who's given up on her life can come back to the calling that God has called her to. And the only way you're going to get through this is for you to know that no matter the suffering, can I say that again? No matter the suffering, no matter, because Satan will say, that is true for Joel. His dad left him when he was young and he walked through some crazy stuff. And yes, God's grace is sufficient for that. But for you, no. You went through different, hey, you went through some stuff that you shouldn't be talking about it. It's shameful. And I want you to know that Satan is a liar. I want you to know that he only lies. And when he says, no, 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 no. Your suffering is not, it's too big. This, the grace of God cannot cover that. He's a liar. He, he's a liar. Are you hearing me decide? He's a liar. No, 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 no. No matter what you walk through, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're walking through, his grace is sufficient. Sufficient is, there's enough to go around. It's all sufficient. It's more than enough. It's surplus, baby. And because of that, listen to me now. I don't want to sound like a megachurch pastor, but because of that, you are sufficient in where you're sitting right now because of His grace. 
See, you're sitting on your ash heap with your own little medications to ease yourself and you will never be sufficient that way. But with Jesus, he's all you need. Because of him, you are sufficient where you are. You don't need to run around for extra things to fix you. You don't need to run around for extra things to build you up. You don't need to be like, man, I got, if, if I do this, if I go to school, if I get a degree, if I marry this person, if I divorce this person, if I have children, if I move to this neighborhood, you don't need that. What you have is sufficient to get you through. And that's what God's grace is. God's grace is what he gives to get you through. <laughs> man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out from the mouth of God so you can say man shall not live by bread alone but by what God gives for you to get through and his grace is sufficient and his grace is so sufficient man that you can punch the enemy in the face you can go dancing in your wilderness that you can dance on the graves of your enemies that once said I'm going to take you down the addictions that once says you're good for nothing and this is all you're going to be dance on the graves baby because his grace is sufficient man I, I wish I had believers who were ready to, to fight the enemy like never before because you know what I know there are times when I will grow weak and there are times I will find myself on the ash heap and there are times I will grab the clay and begin to itch myself but that's not where God created me to live and I've been saying this before God did not create you to fail He created you for success And you might be sitting on the ash, ash heap You might have sores And it might be again It might be again It might be again But God has a purpose And because of that No matter where you are You might be in prison You might be accused of rape like Joseph God has a purpose And because of that You can claim You can claim the destiny that God has for you Amen. This is not prosperity gospel Because you see if God created you for you to look like a fool in this earth as an eternal joke then God is not loving but every single person God has a plan every single person has a role here on this earth I was texting a friend this week who was celebrating a birthday and I said and I prayerfully had to send this the purpose that God has for you is always going to be a need in this world for you and only you to fill you know how much that encourages me to know that this church in this season needs Joel. Yes. Your family right now needs you. Yes. Your work in this season needs you. This country right now needs you. Your neighborhood right now needs you. And no matter what you walk through, the grace that he gives you is sufficient. Yes. And because of that, you do not have to walk in lack. That's why the psalmist says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. I don't need anything anymore. I don't need to depend on you. I don't need to depend on you. I don't need to worry about the arrows by day or the president at night. The Lord is with me. He's my helper. He's my shield. He will defend me and His grace is sufficient. The closest that I can get to in the New Testament that resembles Job other than Jesus is the Apostle Paul. He was beaten numerous times. He was shipwrecked. He was in prison. He was criticized by those in the church and outside the church. He was slandered. And Paul, like Job, we find him on his own fair share of ash heap. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, Paul, it says, So to keep me from being conceited, that's from being prideful, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation. Because Job, you remember, he was the greatest man in the East. And I would say Paul was the greatest apostle 
when it comes to writing scripture, taking the gospel outside of Judaism into the Gentiles, fantastic guy. Man, he fought. He fought, he says, like, like wild beasts. People came against me like wild beasts and I fought them. Took the gospel all the way to Rome. Where even the soldiers are believing Jesus and then the church is born in Rome. That is insane. The greatest superpower in the world is bowing the knee to Jesus. Every knee will bow. Isn't the name of Jesus beautiful? So here's Paul and he says, and to keep me from being prideful and to keep me from being conceited, what happens? A thorn was given me in the flesh. A thorn was given me. You think of goat heads. Uh, the word really is a stick. Not like a, mm, good, juicy, medium, rare. Like, like a tent peg. A tent peg in the side. Ouch. It makes you buckle. It makes you walk with a limp. It makes you look like a fool. It makes you look weak. While you're talking about the surpassing power of God, you're walking with a limp. And it's for everybody to see. People have speculated what this is. And I think the word of God is wise and doesn't tell you what it is because, listen to me. Everybody's got a tent peg in their side. Everybody's got the ash heap. Come on, get real with yourself. The most victorious man is a victim in some area of his life. The, the biggest victim is victorious in some area of his life. And if you are real with yourself, everybody's got a tent peg in their side. Everybody's got their fair share heap of loss of hope in their life. It, it might be your health. And if it's not your health, it's your mind. If it's not your mind, it's your wife. If it's not your wife, it's your dog. If it's not your dog, it's your neighborhood. If it's not your neighborhood, it's your country. All of us have got that thorn in your side, right? If you haven't found it, you've got to find it because it's catching you unaware. And when you're suffering and you don't want to admit that you're suffering, it leaves its lingering effects on you and you don't even recognize it. And you're living in, in hopelessness with no purpose and you don't even recognize it because you've got your splinters and your band-aid and your Christian perfume on you. And you don't really find freedom and healing. You've got to go back home and listen to what I just said or maybe it'll hit you in the car because that's important. That's a word for you. I've been writing this down every single week because it's a word for me. You spray yourself with Christianity. You surround yourself with temporary fixes and healing. And God's like, you got to take it off. Because if you don't get real with your suffering and how disgusting and nasty it is when you're sitting on that ash heap in your regret, in your self-righteousness, in your judgmental arrogant, how could he say that? Why did he do that? Self-righteous pride. You're never going to find the purpose that God has for you. You're never going to find the healing. And the worst of it, you'll never be able to experience and smell the beautiful grace of God that's all sufficient. And here's Paul. And he says, I went to the Lord. I mean, he didn't go to his friends. He didn't curse the day that he was born. But he goes to the Lord. I'm bringing this to a close. Give me 10 minutes. I'm sorry. I know I'm going over time. And it says that the stake, this thorn, was a messenger of Satan to harass me. Ladies and gentlemen, can I be funny for a second? Is the first mention of a youth pastor in the Bible. No. no. A messenger of Satan to harass the senior pastor. It's like, here comes the youth pastor again, you know. I say this because every time I read it, I'm like, man, youth pastors can be a pain in the neck. Those of you who worked in churches, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's like, you're doing an all-nighter again? Why? You broke what in the church this time? Right, Josh? <laughs> yeah. You wanted, you wanted a graffiti in the backdrop? Well, I guess your pastor was a youth pastor earlier, right? Yeah. Uh, anyways, I'm being funny. I was going to say the media guy, but then the Levi will kill me. A messenger of Satan to harass me. But, but, Come back again. This sounds similar to what's happening with Job. Satan is sent, a stake in the side, to keep me from being prideful, to keep me from being conceited. What does Paul do about it? It says three times I pleaded with the Lord. Three times. Three times. Paul was a guy who, <laughs> he's preaching, and a boy falls off the window, and he dies. Paul goes, lays his hand, raises him to life, brings him back, and continues preaching. But about his thorn in the side, three times? 
I mean, Paul's a guy, sick, prays, heals. Paul's a guy who walks, he's still preaching, and the Holy Spirit falls on the crowd. Three times he had to go to God. This man is sitting on his ash heap. Three times I had to go to the Lord. Three times I went to the Lord and said, God, please take this away from me. I don't know how many of you guys have been praying, God, if you take this away from me, I'll be able to serve you better. God, if you heal me in this, I'll be able to run with you, Lord. I'll be able to serve you so much more fervently. God, if you you only would, would take this away, heal this, fix this, get rid of this in my life. It'd be so, I'll be able to be this, this fantastic believer, this fantastic Christian. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, but he said to me, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. But Paul, Paul, you're pleading with me, man. Listen to me. Paul, you're pleading with me. Hey, I love your prayers. Your worship is fantastic. I was watching uh, my cousin Vinny this, this week. It's a beautiful movie. And one of the parts I thought was beautiful because it brought me back to this passage. I watch movies just so that I can actually connect the passage so you guys can understand. Um, you know, so, so I'm like, hey, God, I'm watching the movie to bring you glory now. Okay? But Vinny goes up and, and, he's, like, and he makes this crazy argument and he says, you know, uh, objection, your honor. And, and he goes off this long rant. And the judge looks at him because the judge always has a problem with this guy with the way he dresses and the way he speaks and stuff. And he says, that was well put together. That was well studied. That's a very smart argument. But overruled, you know? That's nice, beautiful southern accent. He's like, overruled. You can take your request to God. You can take your sufferings to God. And he has a right to say, overruled. Overruled. But my grace is sufficient for you. I'm not going to take away the stick. I'm not going to change your circumstance, but I'm going to change you because my grace is sufficient for you. And then he says, and then he says, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Don't go too fast on that. My power is made perfect. So if you really want to see me working perfectly in your life, you have to walk through the suffering. If you really want to experience my grace, you have to go through your ash heap in life. I like how one commentator put it. He says, Paul goes from being overwhelmed to overruled to overjoyed. And then he says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest on me. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store. Join us this Sunday at the Living Church Boise. Service and address can be found on our website, www.thelivingchurchboise.com. Visit our website for service times and address.